welcome everybody to That's Just Ridiculous with me, Paul Fryer, and me, Guy Kenaway. And this week we are back at Guy's house and we're in his kitchen, which has a very high ceiling and it's very nice and pretty and he's got some art on the walls and he's got some alcoves with oddities in there and I think he might have taken a floor out to achieve this or perhaps it was always this high up. You're a property developer, aren't you, Guy, sometimes? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah sometimes. Don't you do all that knocking things through <coughs> and building extensions? Yeah. I bet you've put a few dormers on. I've removed more extensions than i put on, I think. Have you? There's nothing like just removing the crap that has accreted over the decades on a house and getting back to the, back to the beauty that was there that they all, that they all fell in love with and spoiled. Right. This house had a horrible concrete extension on it. And, had a uh, swimming pool, didn't it, when I first came? Swimming pool and a tennis court, got rid of all of them. Uh-huh, yeah. Because it's, it's really not very likely that a 16th century house would have a swimming pool. And the guy had very early swimming pool heating, solar heating, and as you remember, early solar heating was particularly ugly with all those black hose pipes everywhere mm. and stupid great big valves. In fact, that is the problem with most alternative and particularly solar uh, or photovoltaic heating is that they are pretty ugly, no one... I mean, it's, it's, no, it's beautiful a, because of its function. Can I pick you up on a technical point there, Guy? No. Solar heating not, and photovoltaic heating are two different things. Well, it, well... PV means... Why, you, why did you stop me just when I'm just, just about because to you teach were, you something? Because you were going forward both on a misapprehension. Them, both of them require the sun, OK? Is that enough? All right, OK. Fine, OK. Right, OK. Excuse me. Well, there's Andy. the sun now, Well, well in, in, in two years' time, this is going to be basically uh, Provence, isn't it? So maybe you shouldn't have got rid of it. You'll probably be reinstalling it all in a year. What, the solar heating? Yeah. Out of the pool? Solar everything. But I like a windmill. I, I love those wind uh, turbos. <laughs> wind turbos. What are they called? <laughs> Turbo. What are they called? Turbines. <laughs> Turbines. <laughs> okay, so what about so a little, little nuclear power station? If you could have a little nuclear... Let's say it was about the size of a mini and you had it in a little outhouse down in the woods there. And it just gave you all the power you needed for this whole village. Would you go for that? Of course I would. You would? Of course I would. What about the waste? What do you mean? Well, what about in t- ten years' time when you have to get the waste out? It's like to emptying the, that drawer in your, in your wood burner. But instead of having ash in it, it's got all this stuff in there, which is so fucking poisonous you can't even go within 30 feet of it. How do you empty it out then? Well, you get robots and stuff to do it, and then they put it in, in they put it in a lead box inside a stainless steel box inside a concrete case inside another thing, which goes they call a flask, and it goes on on the back of a railway truck, and then they take it up to, take it up to to Sellafield, and they put it in a swimming pool and leave it there. So that's that. It's, it's sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be all right with that, would you? Of course I would. I don't think, you know, you're, you're very naive because you don't see how much more dangerous oil is or coal. So you think oil and coal are more dangerous than nuclear energy? Much more, much more. Yeah. Why you, you're just so hung up on radiation and being woo-woo-woo because you can't see it, whereas you can see coal. Coal is no, it's no less, less dangerous. Both of them, all of them, have real dangers, inherent dangers, and it's, it's best just to accept that. And oil, we have seen, can be absolutely, we know it's cataclysmic because you've got the, the goddamn, you know, carbon in the atmosphere. And you don't know how many people have died because of that, because of global warming. You know, it's just as dangerous. So it's better that you should ex- uh, just accept that. But, but that's why, really, 
you should I, you should you should go along with all of them unless of course you don't like to have an electric kettle or guy, you don't like electric lights. Guy, Otherwise, I'm not going to be lectured by anyone about, guy, about uh, you know the dangers of uh, well, energy production. Guy, do you know the difference between a, a uranium reactor and a thorium reactor? No, and I don't care. Well, there's a massive difference. Okay, and the thorium reactors me. are the ones we should be using. And if we use them, I would agree with you. But guess Well, who, why aren't we? Because there was a fork in the road. A, a conspiracy it, warning in coming the 50s. up. There's a conspiracy coming up. <laughs> just to let no, you know. No, there isn't. This is not a conspiracy. And, and you can go and have a cup of tea and no, come no, back no. in about four no. minutes. No. Guy, listen. Carry because on, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the late 40s and early 50s, when we needed to build our nuclear deterrent, as it's called, when we needed to build our nuclear weapons, it was discovered that we could make cheap and clean power using thorium, or we could make plutonium using uh, the U-238 uh, reactor. And guess which one we went for? We went for, obviously, the fissile route, because then we got to build our, our bombs. But actually, if you build a thorium reactor, uh, they are, they're clean to run, they, they consume their own waste eventually, and they, they, they can't melt down because you have a frozen plug at the bottom and they just drop down into a bottle at the bottom, whereas you can't control the runaway reaction from plutonium or uranium. So the reason we don't have clean, free nuclear energy is because of the industrial military complex. And you can believe that or not, but for once in your life, maybe you could Google it and look into it instead of looking at me like I've just grown an extra head. Okay, because it's true. So EDF, who own the new one at Hinkley Point. Yeah, the, okay, yes. that, that, oh no, they don't own it. Yes, they do. No, the Chinese own it. Okay, all right. Well, the EDF and the Chinese, it's their primary function not to make safe, clean, wonderful energy with thorium, but to supply our nuclear bombs. It's part of the deal. Why would anyone invest in something that is shit if they knew it's shit? Because it makes money. Are you really asking that question? Yeah. Why would anyone build anything? No, investors invest in something that's shit because they don't realise it's no, shit. No, investors they're investing. invest in things yeah, because, because they can make money out of it. Whether or not the product is shit, they don't care. They'll invest in Tamagotchis. They'll invest in things that end up in landfill. They'll invest in... in What's a Tamagotchi? It's those little things that you have to feed. It's like a little toy, isn't it? It says, feed I me, and then it, and it... I remember those. Yeah. yeah. They weren't useless. They will, <laughs> they will invest in collateral costs. They were quite costs. good. They will invest in nerve gas. They will invest in anything that makes money, Guy. And frequently, the things that make the most money are the most dodgy things, unfortunately. I have to complain about nerve gases, actually, because I've got some in the house and it's fucking useless. The, see that aerosol fly spray? Yes. And we've just been through this hot period, a lot of flies. It's been a good year for the flies. It really has. It's been a good year for I've the flies. I've got really good at swatting. And you can go close up with that thing and give them like a <laughs> blast and the thing just flies straight through it. Cocks your cocks There's one leg. there now. Let's have a look. I promise you watch this. Let's see right, if I Okay, can go and get it. Charlie Roger 500 uh, requesting Agent Orange. He's absolutely famous. He's, he wheels back to laugh at me. He just looks stoned. <laughs> God, it stinks. It really stinks. What's in it? There he is. Look, he's fine. Yeah, no, take, that's they, they take a, it's, it's that, that's like the guy who went into hospital in Maidenhead. He, he comes around after a bit. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's not exactly Novichoks, then? It's not Novichoks. They are related to nerve agents, these things. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm just one complaining about it. And that's, I bet you, that's health and safety. Probably EU. Look who, make, look who makes it. Said you can't. Bayer. Do you know well, they've they got some experience. They used, they, they used to make... The, yeah, exactly. You know what they used to make, don't you? Well, all I can say is that they've, they've been sad falling off in quality. Can't even <laughs> kill a fly now. <laughs> Do you know... Um, do you know that they've just joined with Monsanto? Bayer. 
to make the super, super bastard group. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Are you, do you have shares? <laughs> no, God no, God no, no. Are you, are you, are you an ethical investor guy? Am I, am I ethical? Yeah. Um, in your investments? Well, to, to, to be honest, it's not uppermost in my mind, but I, I, I don't really invest in, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Not madly is the answer. But lots of people don't. If you have a unit trust or something, you don't know what. They just is. put them in whatever. Some they bloke do. in a suit is giving it to his mates, creaming a top off, sending a tie. Oh, yeah, suits. That was it, yeah. I, I saw a good, funny quote about that t today. What's that? It said that Boris Johnson wants to ban burkas because he thinks they look like letterboxes. We can't start saying things that we've seen on Facebook. That really is a new low for that. It's just was ridiculous. Right, fine. <laughs> well, we'll just, just open Facebook up and read the best things that well, I've got. I was in the supermarket with you. Okay, all right, all right. And, uh, but no, but somebody said, um, I remember a while ago saying that um, you could ban all these Islamic garments, but nobody in a burqa ever, you know, made them lose their pension or caused a financial crash or uh, created the atom bomb or took the Americans into Vietnam for, t for 10, 12 years. But they were all wearing suits, so maybe we should ban suits instead. Yeah, okay. What do you think about the burqa? Um, quite, as we're talking about it. Quite sexy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I definitely think I should be allowed to wear it. The whole point of this country is that you can wear what the hell you want. It's yeah. one of the few good things about it. But um, do you remember when Vanessa dressed up in a burqa? Yes. I, I wasn't there. But Vanessa's she, a friend of ours who uh, was kind of a... Had a revolutionary moments, I guess you could say. And she went and did she rent a burqa? And she went and bought one because she was in the East End. Yeah. Put it on, and decided to see. It was for a good few years ago, actually. It, typically, it's very prescient of Vanessa to do a little experiment like this, yeah. and wandered around in a burqa to see what would happen. And uh, what happened? Uh, I think she ended up um, pulling. No, before then, she, <laughs> she went into the Golden Heart. Well, she was and she had on, which she had written on a bit of paper, one large whiskey, <laughs> and the person went, the bar person went and bought, bought a large scotch. And she went down, sat down with the whiskey in front of her, and then took out a cigarette and started smoking it through the hole. But that used to be funny, but actually it's not so funny, that joke today. No, you wouldn't that's get That's the that beauty, thing, beautiful thing about jokes, is they tell you when they're right. You don't have to have a rule about it's politically correct or it's politically incorrect. Bollocks. If it stops being funny, you stop telling it. Mm. And actually, a joke, a joke taking the piss out of burkas is not quite so funny today. No. A few days ago, me yeah. and you were chatting about your new book. And we were talking about... Um, because Guy's new book... I think we should wait until the book comes out. All right, we won't mention what it's about. I, I, don't, I don't mind you talking about it. But, but I, just, I wanted to ask you about something that your book threw up. Mm -hmm. Because I remember we were chatting about the, the things that guys knew about, which is broadly about euthanasia in some ways at least. And um, Guy, quite out of the blue, suddenly said to me, well, I, that's what I intend to do. I don't intend to hang around. I'm going to be... I, what, how did you put it, Guy? About leaving the party. Yeah, well, you've got to know when to leave... <clears throat> what do I say? We've got to know when to leave a relationship, a job, and a party. And you can't hang on before they start going rotten. That's not leaving life properly. Mm. And, it's, and it's with our generation, with such good healthcare, and us, we're all living such healthy lives. Hold on. 
uh, it's really important no one to bow out and not to and not to slide into that really cruel and inexorable sort of well it's either a horrible torturous descent yeah into kind of infantilized catatonia mm. you know where you just end up in a terrible state and it's fucking expensive as well isn't it it consumes resources at an alarming rate keeping people 25% of, of of all medical spending is spent in the last year of a person's life so 25% of the money of spent the, on the, an individual of the, of the whole nhs actually actually these are american figures but uh, uh, that where i read them which is atel gawan's being mortal which is a beautiful book it's the problem with being mortal is that it covers this stuff but they're in maybe 280 pages I cannot identify one joke. I've looked quite carefully, and I thought, he must have one in here. And I've been back and forth. There's absolutely <laughs> joke-free. It's the most solemn, solemn and, and, and uh, uh, joyless read. But it's a, it's a beautiful read. And he says 25% of American health care is spent in the last year, and, and a great percentage of that in the last weeks of someone's life. And they're often absolutely horrible, horrible weeks. And it's so easy for the Catholics and the, well, the church and the state yeah, and the doctors uh, to say, you know, you, you, you cannot put a price on someone's life. But really, when there are children not getting properly educated and, mm-hmm. you know, schools, are, you know, schools are, as I say, schools are in a terrible state. And well, I, I mean, listening today to the radio on the way here and hearing that stuff about Ample Forth and there was one of the school... And it's about the systematic abuse the of the other kids. school is, is is Downhouse, which is just yes. here, just the other side of Shetland. Yeah, Downhouse, yeah, it's yeah. just the other side of Shetland. And you know, I went through that. Sorry, fucking horrendous. Do you want to just say what you read? Because then I'll just tell well, you. Well, I'm just shocked, down. you know, because you talk about the the effect that um, the, the the church has on these. I mean, it's, I think it's getting to the point now where the church, particularly the Catholic Church and and born again Christians, are having such a fucking ne- negative effect on everyday people's lives. You know, when you and it's all coming to the fore now. You're finding out about all this sexual abuse. And all these problems in Northern Ireland, you know, with these horrible... Uh, um, laundries. Laundries where women were abused and children were fucking thrown into pits and stuff. I mean, it is... I mean, how far does it have to go before people realise that these... That the ideas might have been good, but it was just like a haven for the worst people, you know, and the most monstrous abusers. And, and yet... And it wasn't a people, haven, Paul. It wasn't a haven. It was a system designed... For, for them to hide it, yeah. No, no, for, to, for them, them to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For them to do it. And, now, and these are the people who hold sway on the kind of things you're talking about. These are the people whose opinions are listened to. Sorry, that's my back. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, guys. Do you want me to do that, that thing to you where I pulled you before? Would that help? No, I think not. I think Should I we switch this off for a minute? Yeah. I'm sorry. But, poor guy. Guys, now, in the prone position... He's got um, bad sciatic problems in the lower lumbar region, possibly due to a misaligned pelvis. Um, But it looks like, to me... I wanted to say about... It looks like um, someone's been kicked by a fucking horse, actually. I I wanted to say about Down House, actually, because I happened to go to um, Bristol, and it takes you through the uh, village which that school is in. And I went through it, and this is like the, the report condemning this school, along with ample thought, was released this morning. And I mean, it was an utterly damning report. Yeah. It, that came out today. Yes. And I suspect, when I went through that town yesterday, yeah. I thought, blimey, 
it's certainly school holidays here. There's no one here. Right. It's absolutely deserted, this place. Fucking weird. Yeah, and I remember thinking, this is just like, where is everyone? And of course, they all knew. They all fucking knew. Yeah, yeah, they all knew what was about to appear. Mm -hmm. And the whole town had this, what I now realise was this shameful silence. Wow. What happened to the good old days when people used to, like, light a load of torches and go up there and fucking burn the place to the fucking ground? On the radio today, they were saying that the abbot of the monastery has absolute power. It's like a fiefdom. And they don't even have to answer to Rome. Right. Can I just interrupt you? Yeah. Catherine Pepinster, who was in that interview, said, and the phrase was, he had total control over all the monks who came beneath him. And I thought, <laughs> that's an infelicitous phrase. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> well, you know, or maybe she said it on purpose. I think quite a lot of monks came under him. Not as many as the kids. Right. Except Bobby didn't come there. <laughs> I think that one's going to go on the cutting room floor. Not, not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's my duty, Guy, to preserve the honesty and integrity of this conversation. It is indeed, yeah. Shall I walk on your back like one of those geisha girls? <laughs> you, you'll, you will not have the effect of them at all. Hold on, let's just try this. Oh, it's that seed. Why don't you stay there? Because I'm, it's undignified. No, it's not. No one can see us. <laughs> God can. They don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I rub half an E into your back? Would that help? You know, that, I'm in comfort, comfy now. It just had a spasm there, a really bad That's spasm. That's not good, is it? Well, it's not good because I've got to drive to France. What about injections of some kind? Well, it's better that I just let it get better. It'll be all right, it'll be all right. They can inject steroids into you now. That apparently works quite well. With yeah, yeah, it does, but I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to go that route. It'll get better, I know. Okay. Actually, I don't know if I'm up to it, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, comedians oh, because yeah. I was thinking about this podcast. And I was thinking of uh, similar things which I really admired. And the one, the, the, the best discussion, radio discussion, which didn't, didn't, didn't have any musical element, was Stop the Week on Radio 4, with, um, hosted by Robert Robertson. Did you ever used to hear that? It sort mm. of finished in the 90s. And it's four or five of them used to get together on Friday evening and just talk about, uh, rather as we do, Robert Robertson would introduce a, yeah, a topic. Yeah, I do it was really good. Oh, they were fantastic. And we should probably acknowledge at this point that we did steal our theme tune from Robert Robinson as well. Did we? Yeah. It's Ask the Family. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. Do you know I told you? Don't play dumb. No, I'd forgotten, actually. But um, I remember now. But he was a great broadcaster and a great conversationalist. And one of the... And one of the contrasts between that programme and the modern programmes is that there were absolutely no ready-made jokes. No. Sometimes Milton Shulman uh, was allowed a ready-made joke, but it was always kind of... They sort of humoured him, if that's possible to humour someone trying to be funny. Of course it is. And, and he was known as the man who would supply a ready-made joke. But the other guys who were genuinely funny would never resort to telling a ready-made joke. And that's why... I, 
I loathe comedians with their ready-made jokes. And I think that um, to have a ready-made joke is it, a sign that you're trying to be funny. And somehow, uh, being funny and being sexy are quite similar, are quite similar things. In that if you, if you try and be sexy, it's normally a cataclysmic failure. I agree. And it's the sort of realm of pornography and... Dirty dancing. Just like it's just a shitty area of, of, of sensuality. And I think that, that being funny is as, in a way sacred as that. And if you find shortcuts to it with ready-made jokes, which I think, I think is a substitute for a sense of humour. If people use ready-made jokes in conversation with me, I always think, oh, that's because they can't be, they've got no sense of humour. They just know how to tell a joke, which is a totally different thing. And um, it's kind of sacred. And, if, and people who then tell ready-made jokes for money, to me, it's a bit like having sex for money. But you think that... It's kind of you, a, a bit of a sort of bit of prostituting something. Do you look down on sex workers, then, Guy? It's not a cool thing to do. It's not a cool thing to do. On either side of it, it's not a cool thing to do. You know, I've been there, and it's a, you know, it's a, I, regret, I regret about 20% of my life, rising to about 35% after 3 a.m. Really? And, uh, that and much? Fucking hell, that's going some guy. <laughs> I'm quite proud of the figures. That's like, that's like 20 years of regret. <laughs> but I am a total idiot. Or I have been in, my, in the past. And um, I don't like uh, this, uh, the proliferation of swaddies on comedians, particularly on the radio, but actually on the TV as well, and, and, in, live, and, and in live entertainment. It just fills me with, with it's just like go-go, go-go dancers. They're just like sex workers. They're just f f comedy workers. But I agree. I've, I've never been to a comedy club, and I can't imagine anything worse. Why, why wouldn't, like me too, but why wouldn't you like it? Because I guess it comes down to the same thing. It's uh, what you were saying before about a contrivance or a... There's nothing more ho hopeless either than a scheme of sexual activity. Correct. Or maybe that's equally hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> so perhaps that's why I don't want to go to a, a comedy bordello. That's mm. what it is, yeah, with comedy hookers. And they're bored. They, they're just like... They are that. like hookers because they're actually bored, Got but they're pretending to be something so far from what they're really feeling. What do you think about observational comedy? Well, you know, it, it, I, what, what I call that conversation. Right. It was having a bloke having a one-sided conversation instead of just like normal people and sit down and, have it and do it in a pub with your friends. For some stupid reason, you want to stand up with a microphone and just not let anyone interrupt you. That's known as a bore. And the funniest of the lot was probably Spike Milligan, but he never had a script, did he? He was just fucking mental. And he's not really cracking jokes. He's no, not, he's, he's just... Not really like, I mean, no, if you, took his, if you took his script and gave it to anyone else, it would, it was, wouldn't, it would be... Just, well, it was basically it, it, that was laughing at um, um, it was laughing at bipolar person in a manic phase, mm. really, and it, it is fucking entertaining. That I have to say, being having been smitten with that myself a little bit in the past, it's fucking funny when you catch yourself doing this stuff and you think, God, am I really doing stroke mm. saying this right now? It's, you just find yourself right out on a limb. Well, mentally ill people are a source of great uh, entertainment in Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. It's slightly changed, like a lot of the lot of the interesting things have been sort of ironed out by Americanization and so forth. 
but more importantly, the wheelchair in Jamaica is a conveyance which confers high status on one person. <laughs> and it's the first one that they all get at the airport. They know they can ring up before and get a free wheelchair. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. You can just ring up to say, I'm disabled. Can I ask for a wheelchair? And British Airways and Virgin. I have been on a flight from Jamaica. I'm a great exaggerator, but I'm absolutely not exaggerating now. Where uh, they had 42 wheelchairs at the, uh, at, at the gate in London. For, there were 42 of them. Uh, because... Why walk when you can get some little white guy to push you, you know, and they get it, sit there, and the sedan, <laughs> the stick up, the sedan faster, chair. faster, <laughs> out the way, out the way. Yeah, yeah. Like the flight's the, closing. Like the sedan chair. Yeah. Just enjoy it. You know, there's no shame attached to this. It, look, at, look at it properly. And, it, and it's a, as I say, it's a, it's a conveyance of, which, which, you know, has high status. They love them. There's no sense of shame around the wheelchair mm. for, the, for, the, for, for, for people... You don't see them, I guess. But the sedan chair, that... Have we discussed sedan chairs? No, we haven't, funnily enough. It's, it's There's a conveyance that I think that has really, really should, should be brought back into, uh, well, into uh, society. What a magnificent way particularly of, for festivals. of getting around. I know, with one bloke up front and one bloke behind. Particularly and for you'd festivals. Have a, and, you, and you'd have a couple spare trotting or walking next to you, like a change of horses. Right, you off, you on. <laughs> when, you, when you saw their knees wobbling in front, you go, right, put me down. Particularly at festivals yeah, as well, where, you, where it's difficult to navigate but all perfect. these. Perfect. And if you wanted to, 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 if you saw someone nice, you could say, pop in the sedan chair. Sorry, lads, I've got a passenger. Yeah. Or just stick us down under this tree for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> go and get yourself a beer. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have yeah. a natter. Yeah. And do you know that, uh, how they, they were used in London? Which was the the sedan chair would for be, shagging? No, it would be well, maybe I don't think so. I, don't, Come on, I, I, I can't talk. I talk talk about that. But what would happen is, is that I would go and see you, but I wouldn't go out of my house and, and hail a sedan chair. No way. The sedan chair would come into my sitting room. Ooh. I would then get in the sedan chair, close the door, and they would then take me out onto the street. And when I got to your house. One of them would knock on the door. I would be taken into your house and only get out of the sedan chair in your house. Wow. Because disease. If they didn't look at, the, if they didn't have to look at the poor, that's what it was about. Well, I guess. And also, then they wouldn't feel any guilt about the fact that they were responsible for those poor people oh, by their activities, yeah, Guy, by their champagne lifestyles. What? Uh, and the working man was never transported around in a sedan chair, Guy. Is that for you? Is that your sedan chair? <laughs> well, considering my back today, I don't think I ever would have uh, lifted a sedan chair. But I, oh, it's a, it's a, oh, you mean that the working they, man was, was, was privileged to be able to lift one? Is that what you're that's saying? That's what I mean, yeah. Good yeah. God. And he'd be given depravity. a... I, I suspect he'd be given a jacket with my livery on it. Your liver on it? <laughs> livery. No one wants your liver anywhere near them. <laughs> someone told me that Elton John hired someone to take blame for all his farts. Do you think that's true? <laughs> no, I do not think it's no, true. No, he did. He apparently had a really bad gas problem and he was farting all the time. So what, he employed someone to bring attention to No, what I heard, I can't remember who told me this, was that Elton had a problem and he was holding his farts in so much that it was rearranging his internals. So on the contrary, he's got It was very, coming out as lyrics. He's got very good... <laughs> got better to fart, I think. So he, he hired a guy to, to be with him at functions to take the blame. It's half true that he hired a guy at functions, but the guys, the way, the, the, what the job of the guy was to put his thumb in his anus to stop anything coming out. So you're half true with that story. 
He'd walk around. And he'd stumble up Elton's anus. What? Or his own anus. What if it's what? Why did you just say that? It's on the tape, guy. You can't play dumb. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's a discreet, gentlemanly function that has to be, that you have, a, you have, your, you have your flatulent steward. Yes, and well, that's, that's what his he, job. He hired a flatulent steward. He doesn't go, it, it, oh, everyone, it was me from across the room. He just put, places his thumb on, on the, the anal hole. Exactly. And when, and, when, and when he sees that face that you do before you fart, he inserts it. And allows the passage and pulls it to one side and allows it to come out freely. Nice. No! Wait. Because it's not the noise that he was no. concerned about, it's the smell, isn't it? I'm not sure I wasn't there. He doesn't care about noises. Well, no, obviously. <laughs> By the way, can what are we doing? We can't what, talk to him. What do you think about? We're just, getting, we're just getting warmed up. One, he's, two, one, he's, two. He's a, he's, a, he's a fucking national treasure, the man. The man's a national. What about. Beautifully uh, dressed. What about. What's the worst song ever presented? Sorry, sorry.